Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 439. This is your guide to the geek side. And I'm Todd Oxtra, the man with horrible mics this episode. I'm recording on a better mic right now for the intro, but just let you know that my podcast mic broke. I have now fixed it, and the rest of the podcast will not sound so great because I was using a standard old mic. So just a heads up on that. Uh, Thank you all for being patient. And now on with the show. Oh, my goodness, mister. I've got new tech. And then my new tech sucks. I'm going back to the old tech. I, you know what? I mean, I've got this microphone and now I have these headphones and I, they will just, they'll have to die before I switch. Cause it's like, it's, it's like, dis, it's like disarming a bomb. Don't touch anything. Well, <laughs> the mic and the headset are the ones I've had for two years. It's the yeah. PC that's brand new. Oh, there and you go. Yeah. My old laptop died. So I don't have a yeah. choice. I mean, I'm yeah. in the new hardware and yeah, I have, uh, I have, Two, I have two laptops now. The older one is down here. The newer one is upstairs. So when this dies, obviously it'll rotate over. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, literally, you know, this is an $1,800 piece of equipment. So it's all high-end stuff. I just don't yeah. know what's going on with it. So I was going to say, you know what? This, without a doubt, supplants uh, the talk of the weather. But I'm Charlie. Hello. I'm back from traveling the United States of America. Uh, my uh, April and I did 4,300 miles around the country to Star Trek Las Vegas and then back again and saw a lot of sights and saw a lot of sites that I probably didn't need to see because it was like, oh, New Mexico. <laughs> oh, Northern Texas. <laughs> oh, Southern Missouri. Yeah, exactly. Not, not to disrespect it. If we have listeners in those places, feel free to add me at the C3 at Twitter. If I've made you mad, uh, I will apologize. But it, I, it just it didn't blow me away. And Todd's favorite, the, the nostalgia of every town has a Route 66 museum. <laughs> And nothing happened there. It's all they have. I lived in eastern New Mexico for about two years, and it's a place of nothing. So if you like wide open spaces, timberweeds, timbleweeds, (laughs) timbleweeds. The the Cadillac Ranch in Armorio, Texas. I I took a picture, and I put it on Facebook of me just going, I just, I just don't get it. And there were 50 kids out there with spray cans spraying those things. I just... Called it the it's, called it the New Mexico Triangle, Amarillo, Lubbock, and uh, yeah. Clovis. Nothing in between. I'm. It must be akin to to uh, to tipping cows. But anyway, it's great to be back. Uh, Todd, what do we got going on? Oh my goodness! Uh, we just want to say uh, we are still supporting the writers and the actors. We're talking almost four months of the writer strike, a oh. uh, month and a half of the uh, actor strike, and. With as of this point, no progress made. So if you can support the writers and the actors, although Bob Disney is now saying we want this to end as quick as possible because we are burning through cash and have no content. Yeah, exactly. You, you figure, and it was funny a few months ago. It was like, oh, we're just going to starve these people out. Screw them. Um, but yeah, you don't you, you don't get more money without what they do. So anyway, yes, we support them. Please visit the Entertainment Fund uh, and contribute. We made a small contribution, um, but absolutely everything helps. But speaking of contributions, we enjoy the uh, find what was capable for us to make our financial contribution was our wonderful Patreons. These are the people uh, that support us and give us 
us the uh, capacity to make more great new content. You can visit uh, patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite for a free one-week trial of all of our fun shows. Um, and if you want to stay on, we would love it. But of course we always want to pay homage, uh, to our great pals, like on the best buzz level, Jamie Prinky BFFs level is the awesome Nias family, Sean, Stella, and Henry, my super great pal, Missy Merchant and her friend, Andy Milken. And we have a great new member, somebody who has been not only on this program, but he's an ongoing contributor over on our Star Trek show, Code 47. That would be Mr. Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, uh, joined up uh, as a patron. So, Luke, hopefully you're out there enjoying some of our new content. Um, and thank you very much. Again, it's very easy to visit patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite and try us for a free week at any tier. And if you like what you hear, stay on and join us. We love it. Um, Todd. Man, did I ever miss out on your, oh, your, I thought your cover disappeared because you had an extra space. Keep scrolling. Um, from November of 1984. Oh, that, you know, that was a weird time for me. That was right when I moved out of the Detroit area. I was living here in Grand Rapids, but I wasn't reading DC Comics. And boy, was I missing out because you gave us issue 39 of the All-Star Squadron. And this is this is a vintage copy because it looks like there's a coffee stain on it. Um, Roy Thomas is the writer. Roy Thomas, very famous for writing, I know, the Avengers in the 1970s. That was kind of one of his. Right. He wrote Thor for a while, too. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um I can barely really recognize some of these members. I see uh, the the dude that um, Brendan Fraser plays on uh, Doom Patrol. That's him in the background, right? Uh, let's see. At this point, you've got a mix of different characters. I mean, yeah. the, the, the biggest issue with the All-Star Squadron is it is essentially taking the Justice Society of America from the, you know, the 40s. This book is taking place in the 40s, um, and it was kind of telling tales of that era with the justice society and other characters um, right yeah so and i I do love that they've taken my hometown of detroit michigan clearly illustrated here uh surrounded in flames because you know we know what we save that until the riots of 67 okay give us a break actually i think there was a big race riot in detroit in the 20s i remember from my my michigan history class that i took at msu um but you got you you had a black fella in a green outfit um punching a, a white guy with blonde hair uh, in another mask saying, go back where you came from, All-Stars. Detroit is amazing man territory. Even amazing man itself, the letters are green. Um, and you know what? We have a long Irish heritage in uh, the city of Detroit and in, in southeast Michigan, so I appreciate that. Good deal. Black Irish. That yeah, old, it, black, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so the, a lot of these are characters that are like kids of the Justice Society of America. It was essentially uh, Roy Thomas wanted to tell stories of the Justice Society of America uh, in a modern lens. But once again, the, this right. was whole time with DC, yeah. you know, the crisis era where they were blending the different Earths and everything like this. This would have been probably Earth. Right. 12 i don't know at yeah this point. yeah but yeah it was it was pre-crisis it was kind of a mess so um but anyway uh speaking of the 40s you know if you really want to hear about the 40s back when you know bread cost a nickel and uh, you had to pull up to the gas station and get petroleum distill it and distill it and revulcanize your tires post haste hello mr burns that would be our senior news correspondent Madam Webb, down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine since 1917. She's been doing it for over 100 years, not just for us, but now she works for us. Talking about Madam Webb with our scoops from around the way. Let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. 
Madam Web, uh, this episode is going to do a deep dive into worst sequels, and I believe they already have your sequel already lined up, and I can tell it's going to be great because they're going to give you an animal sidekick. They will add a child. Uh, oh, yes. Kidnapped constantly, and That's, they'll add 13 for. villains that honestly get no uh, screen time. It's a perfect recipe for success. It is. That is a Spider-Man film. Yeah, they just cast... Sydney Sweeney as Julia Carpenter or something in the um in the Madam Web movie, I thought. Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria. Oh my goodness. I swear that was a blurb I saw somewhere. Maybe it was just lies from maybe it was just lies from Twitter. I'm sorry. Euphoria, anyway, the, the, the worst life of any pre adolescent teen. One episode of that and April was like, even I can't watch this, so we turned it off. No. It is drugs and a lot of nudity i'm um, sure so all like, of their lives turn out great <laughs> yeah I, yeah right I, you're right i don't need to watch two seasons of and let's do some more drugs um so anyway uh speaking of things that it, it absolutely says tv show is still happening here we were having a debate about the story in the b-roll because the headline is wonder woman 3 reportedly not in development no TV there's show a still happening. separate tv show apparently but oh, wonder woman 3 is okay the movie, which... all right take it away take it away then i don't know what the hell right. we're talking about oh let's yeah so you here out Gal Gadot saying, yes, there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. I met with James uh, Gunn and, and Peter Safran, and it's going to obviously happen. I'm a big fan of the character. want it to happen. And, <laughs> I thought you uh, were going to say, and I'm a big star. I'm like, are we yes. still talking about The Rock? Kind of a big deal. I'm a big like, star. No, don't you know who I am, as they always say. I'm a, um, I'm a big deal. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, we're hearing this is probably not going to happen because if this was going to happen, remember when James Gunn said, these projects are all part of the next universe. And <laughs> Gal Gadot, while she is young, everything that's laid out has probably got us until you know 2030. So are we really going to wait till 2032 for a Wonder Woman 3, considering how great the last one did? And the last time we saw her was in Shazam. Was it Shazam 2? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, no, we saw her in the Flash. Was the last movie we saw her, and that did so well. Yeah, but she—I mean, she didn't. She she didn't have a role. That, oh no, yeah, she did. Yeah, you're right. You see, you see how incredibly forgettable that movie is. Um, you know, and it would be one thing um, if that if Wonder Woman 1984, so Wonder Woman two, struggled because oh, it was COVID, and it came out Christmas Day, 2020. So it would be one thing, because I remember I was sitting with a roaring fire, and April and I were sitting in our den watching it, and I'm like, man, I'm psyched for this. We get to watch it at home. I can stop and get a beer. I can, you know, we can have lunch or something. It's going to be great. And it was dog shit. It was such a bad movie. And just, it was a collective <sighs> of everybody, of everybody. That was a tough one. Um, so, and that was now three years gone by. Uh, writer strike universe that universe is getting a complete dump and scrub as I always used to describe it when you know when I worked for my dad and he had a film processor to clean it you would dump out all the chemicals scrub it down and fill it up again that's what DC's doing so yeah if she didn't get named in the and the following it's, it's kind of like tryouts for baseball following people have made the team and you go through the list and your name's not there Gal Gadot and The Rock were not on the list, I'm sorry to say. not on the list, no. And, um, you know, they did announce something that's associated with Wonder Woman. It's a, basically a, a series about the Amazons. It's called there Paradise Lost, and it's about the right. history of the Amazons. So predating Diana, I mean, we know she's been around, but, I mean, probably maybe at best we get her as a child. Um, I don't know if I'm really interested in all in this 
prequel. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like like Krypton, right? Like I never watched that show yeah. on Sci-Fi. I mean, I liked, I liked I liked I liked the the prequel to Lord uh, to um, Game of Thrones. Lord X. So I've been proven <laughs> yeah. wrong. I've been proven wrong. Maybe it could be good, but as of right now, right. prequels rarely work. When they work, it's the exception yeah. to the rule. So um, yeah, very true. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's like I said, that's the only thing that's been announced with 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 Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot, I will say this: I think she's a good Wonder Woman. But the majority yeah. of the movies she's been in as Wonder Woman have not been good. So it ultimately says, is it the character, the writing, is it her? I don't know. But it just has not I, worked I mean, out in her favor. I, I'd, I'd like to think it's not her. Um, we, you know, you and I collectively, we enjoyed the first Wonder Woman. We thought, oh, you know, her rogues gallery of, you know, traveling heroes and stuff. They were pretty lame. Um, you know, we like Chris Pine. Uh, the stuff on the Amazon Island was pretty cool. But yeah, when you get around to the second one, you, you just thought you had an absolute recipe for success. Oh, you've got Pedro Pascal. The Mandalorian is the villain. And then you've got uh, uh, B Cheetah was uh, Kristen Wiig and who doesn't love her. It seemed like all the bits were there to have a great film. So. Um, yeah, I, I get the feeling, yeah, if this is, you know, six or seven years out there, I don't know that age is an issue, but it could be because, I mean, the Spider-Men aged out. They wanted to have Peter Parker, you know, be a late teen, early 20 something, because that's really the character in his prime. So, and Wonder Woman is supposed to be ageless, but you know, exactly. It can't doesn't be. really work, but I don't yeah. think she's a very good actress, to be honest. She didn't stand out. She uh, even like Ooh. good actors can overcome some of this product but when i saw her in it oh she, really she didn't, like the, she didn't like this she didn't let the let the screen on fire either so it's not like yeah. she was elevating with her craft and um she's been yes, in other movies true. and and it's, what else it, i mean she wasn't great in the fast and furious movies and it's I don't not know. like yeah it's not like she's helen murin coming along and no you know i'm gonna save wonder woman i mean helen murin didn't save shazam too um playing a kind of a one note villain but anyway um so this is in a way it's kind of a nothing burger uh yeah the prequel series doesn't grab me definitely sounds like it'd be for the diehards and they you know they're diehards of every character every genre out there so who knows so anyway all right moving along to a show that we're actually going to watch because it's on october the 6th um Loki season two is getting a tie-in deal with a fast food place that I will never eat at. I'm talking about McDonald's. You know, if I, if I'm really in a pinch, this has happened twice in the last year. I'm like, I can't sit down and get some for lunch. I will go through the drive through at Burger King. I will get that original chicken sandwich and that's no fries. And that's as far as I'll go. But you know, I'm, I'm funny like that, but you know what? McDonald's is still the biggest fast food joint in the universe. So yes, now they're teaming up with struggling Bob Disney's cash burning organization um, because, because it's a product tying to the show. You've seen, uh, you know, scattered through time. You see Loki, um, you see Luke Wilson's character who is, Oh God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Not Maestro. What's the name of his character? <laughs> Maestro. Uh, it's, it's not Mobius, is it? <laughs> it is Mobius. Thank you. And then Sylvie, who is a, a, an alt uh, version of Loki. She is in the 1970s working at a McDonald's in the full McDonald's attire with the cute hat. So in and uh, yeah, but this should be that should be fun. The sweet and sour sauce, as featured in Loki, um, wasn't that the sweet and sour sauce that they brought back for Rick and Morty? Was that Szechuan? I think it was Szechuan. That was the Szechuan sauce, which caused and, like riots and all this oh, crazy was, stuff. My my ridiculous. son, my son was like, who was a big Rick and Morty fan, was really, and it was a whole thing. Man, I got to get down to McDonald's. Good Good lie. It's, it's, the same, it's, it's the same shit, but yes, exactly. So, um, but anyway, uh, how are we feeling about Loki season two? We've got three months 
Um, and b- with, you know, with the exception of Ahsoka, which is coming out just here in a couple of weeks, um, it's, is that the only TV we have on the docket? And we're coming off of, um, Secret Invasion and oh my God, I've not talked to anyone who enjoyed Secret Invasion. So, um, does this mean the bar is really high or does it mean the bar is really low? I think the bar, you know, I think when Marvel hits specific things, it does really well. Right. We all enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because yep. we knew the crew of people we loved. We had a director who knew how to do this, and it, it was right. managing characters we grew to love, and it was telling a complete story with them. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, racing to the next story beat and tying in the next thing. It really didn't care about that. Loki seems like, once again, it's divorced from the overall, like, has to tie everything in, but it's but, confident setting things up. But it tell, it's more importantly focused on telling its own story. With which, bits. Correct. And right. I like Loki as a character. He's one of the standouts of the MCU. Um, True. And Owen Wilson's great. They've got a good uh, camaraderie. And... I don't know what the end game will be with the show if it's to get Loki back no, alive no in the MCU. Intended. Yeah, you're right. You're where right. It's where going. It's, it's, so, go. um, but I, I at least have confidence in this character and the storytelling within it to make me happy. Secret Invasion. Yeah. It already was like batting at a lower entry point because it was not duplicating the uh, Marvel Comics series, which was beloved. It was doing completely right. something completely different. And they spent right. $200 million on Secret Invasion, Charlie. I know. On it's what? staggering. For, for on six what? episodes. To sit, sit yeah. around and, you know, yeah, Sam Jackson get tired? Yeah, the only, really the only thing stand out that was standout from a CGI effect was the CGI monster slug out in the last episode, which was, which was, I mean, it was, people laughed at it as near as I can tell. It was, yeah. it was, it was poorly executed and it was just, yeah. So the less said about that is one that I cannot envision a time I would ever watch it again. And, and I, you know, in this day and age, there are things that, you know, with the exception of the Star Treks, which I do for my show, there are very few things that are newer that I go back and rewatch. Um, this would definitely not be one of them. I've not watched a Loki season one again, though I think I, I probably will just as a refresher. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy it as well. And you're right with Guardians; it was nice. All three of those films were really self-contained, apart from other things that were happening. You know, even though like at the end of Endgame, like now Thor's with us, and then they came along the third movie, and he left, and that you know, but you didn't need to know that. We've you completed really, our yeah. required. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let me let me let me get the click uh, check, check. We're good. Let me flip it over. Check. Yeah. So yeah, exactly correct. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is this is fun, uh, and I would love to see a McDonald's with an actual tag at the bottom that has the infinity symbol, infinity variant served. I, I don't know if they're really going to do that. I really hope so. If I see Clever. one, if I see one, I will take a picture and put it on. Uh, I'll put it on our Discord. I promise. So that'll be fun. That comes out on October. Sixth, but on October, what did they say? August fourteenth, which is happening when you're listening to this. This will uh, the meal collection, as they describe it, will be out. So, uh, if you're out there enjoying the new uh, sweet and sour Loki season two, uh, hit us up on social media at uh, Secret Friends You on Twitter or X, and uh, show us a picture. We love it. All right, synergy. Next story is yours, because John Wick for me is just, woo! Uh, John Wick, series that I was late to the party, but really enjoyed it. Uh, some of the best action combat in movies I've ever seen. Really stylish. It's, it's really great. Um, and I enjoyed 
the world of uh, of John Wick, which is essentially assassins with rules, and one of those rules is the Continental. Is there's the Continental is essentially a safe space for assassins. Oh, biggest, like uh, the the what was that that movie that came out a couple of years? Bad Night at the Royale or some such? Uh, no, I know what you're, the, one you're talking about with Jodie Foster the same kind of, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, so same concept where yes, uh, you check in at the Continental, you present them with uh, basically these gold coins that get you in its currency within the the Assassins Network. Oh, and, oh, it's it's itchy and scratchy money. Essentially, yeah, and you—it's you, <laughs> just more fun. <laughs> no business can be conducted in the continental in regards to killing people. So, right, um, that go. is one of the key rules, and one of the main characters, uh, Winston. He runs the Continental in New York. There are Continentals all over the globe. And this is essentially Winston's tale, he, how he got to run the Continental and uh, the world of all of the assassins. So this one is Winston. It's set in 1970s New York. They, they're Ooh, embracing like the subject material. And um, it looks like it's going to be a high-budget show because when I saw the combat scenes they were showing – Pretty impressive. Mm. Ian McShane plays, you know, Winston in modern times, but uh, there is a young actor portraying him, Colin Waddell, and Milt gotcha. Gibson's in this too. Oh he's playing gosh. like, yeah, I don't know if he's playing like the, the Continental who runs the Continental at the time. I don't know why they picked him. I mean, the guy's I mean, got a lot of baggage. Yeah, honestly, what's the last thing you saw Mel Gibson in? I, I couldn't name anything. I that, mean, he he... He burned a lot of his bridges after the Passion of the Christ, and then some. Oh no! I, it, it, he burned his bridges when he got pulled over by the cop, and he. Well, was, I was, yes. I was, I was just about to say, but the the Passion of the Christ was a little heavy handed. Oh really? Material. He, oh, yeah. he became he became even more successful. That movie did exceedingly oh. well. Um, no, I think it, I think it did well. Yeah. I just think it was really heavily. Uh, really dovetails really nicely into the thing that got him canceled, which was exactly what you just mentioned. His overall sure nature of what he had to say to the policeman we don't need to get into that yeah, but yeah that's yeah, I just, really what got him got him out and it's like he's yeah not a i good just guy. yeah yeah i just feel like he's been out of the zeitgeist for i mean i'd have to wiki it to figure out but i feel like that was at least 15 years ago maybe yeah. longer i feel like they're gonna make a sequel to passion of the christ and i don't know how you make that work i mean well you saw, coming you, of christ <laughs> you saw him you saw him walk out of the tomb so what 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 did he do then he goes well, to town I mean, against rowdy i don't know I mean, I don't know. I guess that's documented in some Bible or something. <laughs> <laughs> the B- Bible part du. <laughs> exactly. It's a little, little odd. Oh well. Oh my yes. God. Oh I boy. Mean, once again, I mean, yes, they could go deeper into the Bible. It, it is fine. Um, oh my God. And at this point, uh, this is going to be on Peacock, which means I have it. I can watch this. Yes, yeah, um, same. It's kind of a it's kind of a big deal that they have this to basically gla- grab on after and we didn't talk about Charlie but Twisted Metal has been a surprise hit. Oh my god, I've been I mean meaning to tune into that. It's so really it's that's fun. on that's on yeah. Peacock, right? It's, and it's, it's just basically Anthony Mackie driving around in a junker car and getting into stuff, right? Yeah, it's Stephanie Beatrice from uh Brooklyn Nine-Nine is in it. Too. Oh god, I love her. Um what's his name? Uh Thomas Hayden Church is playing a cop in it. It's very clever. Um <laughs> Oh gotcha. and that's and that's a is that all out now or is it weekly? It's all I think it's week like they drop two episodes and it's out. Yeah. Maybe it's all dropped. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Okay. It's, the episode's only half hour long. It's an action I'll, comedy, so 
I'll take a peek. We're wrapping up the uh, the bear on Hulu, which has uh, uh, that, that guy's name. He was from Shameless is the main character. Great show, but it just ended. Yeah. So look for something something new. So, well, cool. Um, and then I, I have kind of a, a, a figure story at the end. Um, I'm an avid figure collector. You can see just a piece of it in the background. Um, I, <laughs> it was funny. I had a bunch of pre-orders and stuff that came in both while I was gone, right before I got gone. And then I picked up some stuff on the road. I went to Mile High Comics out in Denver, which was kind of a big deal for me. I met Chuck Vorsansky, who runs it. Uh, we may actually interview him on the show at some point, which I'm very excited about. But anyway, picked up some figures there, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I came back, I had a stack of figures that I had to put on my shelves, and I had to take some stuff down because I have a toy show I'm selling. I always sell the older version if I get some you know, existing character. But here's one that's on my – it's been on my Amazon list – but I'm like, oh, I'll bet I'll never pick this up. Um, in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which was a huge smash uh, film this summer, um, there was a cyborg Spider-Woman that was essentially built off of uh, basically the Hulk's frame, the Hulk or Juggernaut, just a gigantic female character, as I, I, I recall, that is just, it's a Spider-Man character wrapped in chains with spikes on the shoulder blade and a big gun for an arm, $58 retail. $58 for a character you've never heard of. Um, and I've just been keeping an eye out. And when it's like maybe $17, maybe I pick it up and put it on my Spider-Verse show. But anyway, if uh, this is something that intrigues you, there is a cut scene. And it's weird because I bought the I bought it on streaming. So if it's, if it's a cut scene that's coming out, does that mean I'll look and the cut scene's there? I haven't looked. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, this character will, will have a little bit more of a feature. So I'm not, you know, and I don't, I can't possibly know all the Spider-Verse characters. I loved the first Spider-Verse miniseries back in 2014 that gave us, um, Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider, whatever the hell you want to call her, um, and popularized, you know, Miles got really big at that point, And, uh, that was right around the time he came to the 616 universe. So, um, yes, a cyborg spider woman. So Todd, do you, where do you stand? Where do you stand with this kind of stuff? Do you think it's just cheap and gimmicky? That, that's how I felt. Charlie, what do you think Star Wars is based on? Hey, look, a character. Let's make it. I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. Star Wars essentially has, what, 12 main characters, yet there's how many yeah. action figures? Here's, I mean. Yeah, here's the guy in the back. It's Bill Box Schlimstro <laughs> at the back of Jabba's, Jabba's court. So, yeah, I, I saw don't this know. One at, I saw this one at Target. It's there. It's already yeah. out. $58. No, it came out. And it was one of, yeah, Spider-Verse was a big marketing push in April or May. This is a couple yeah. months before. I mean, Todd, you, you know merchandise, you know retailing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that came out a couple months. And then when the stuff doesn't, doesn't really land, like, I feel terrible uh, about the, um, the Indiana Jones line that came out because Patrick, friend of the show, who guested with us a few weeks back, that's his job. He works at Hasbro and he reps that. And the line, the line has peaked. Um, and it's now it's now it's it's starting to find its way into clearance, which I feel bad about because it's a cool line, but it but it's kind of limited. But this is even more difficult because you're like, okay, it's Spider Verse and there's forty eight thousand characters, so here's a sixty dollar one that didn't play a role in the movie. So I don't know, maybe the scene will come out, people see it, and all of a sudden that fifty eight dollar character will be worth fifty eight. $5,800. There you That's go. That's a character I leave in the box, never take out, because it's, yeah, they probably made like go. 12 of them, and then somebody yeah. will eventually want it, and it's made money. 
You better in believe it. Yes, it's the same methodology as uh, speculative comic buying in the 1990s with Image Comics, because you see how well that worked out. Anyway, that is the end of the news, Todd. Time to get out that Fuber app, the Feeble Uber app. We've got to get down to Skugtown, Nastyville. The Geek Easy awaits for us to talk about stuff we're enjoying, so let's get to it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting at the Geek Easy cover band's plan, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So I went to the movies on Friday, and I saw a new horror film that I think we even talked about it when before it was coming out. It was called The Last Voyage of the Demeter, yeah. and this is essentially – it's covering in – Bram Stoker's Dracula, the voyage of Dracula from Romania to England, and essentially it's like a blurb in the book. They essentially said, it's "Let's a boat turn mystery. it into a movie." So it's <laughs> yeah, essentially right. a boat, yeah, boat yeah. murder mystery. You're trapped on a boat, and uh, that's kind of. I'm on a boat, and it's going down, and it looks thrilling. I mean, this was we were going to the movies yesterday, and I'm going to talk about what we saw. But as we're driving, April's like, "Well, you know, I picked that one, but if you want to see something else, I said, well, the other one is the Dracula boat movie, and Oxford saw it, so he's going to cover it.' Because I was looking at the flow yesterday before, so I'm like, what am I going to talk about? So, um, yeah, break down for me. So, was w- 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 let me guess, at the end of the mystery was the killer Dracula. <laughs> Um, you might be right. No, um, it's it's exactly that. It's essentially covering. It's it's a suspenseful um, monster movie. It is um, not shying away from Dracula at all. You'll you'll get into it very quickly. Um, the cast is great. Uh, Corey Hawkins plays Clemens. Yep. He's like the Doctor Dre. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Doctor. He, oh, he's the, and he's Doctor Dre, and he was uh, he was on The Walking Dead. Can't remember the name of his character. Correct. Uh, then you've got uh, Liam Cunningham. He was um, Davos from oh. uh, Davos, the you know the, the hand. Oh, Davos. Of, uh, there you go. He was great. Uh, so he's in it. David Dalmatian is in this as well. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yeah. So I think the cast was really good. <gasps> is David is David Dalmatian Dracula? No, he's not. Um, ah, damn it! And he had another okay. weird accent. I couldn't exactly okay, pin it. Accent. Was it was it British or was it like European British something or other? I don't know. Um, but I thought the movie had a lot of promise. I think it looked it looked well done. It was like forty five million dollars. So that's pretty good budget for this type of film. Um, the the budgets are just really the budgets are just going to keep going down because the way movies fail. <laughs> well, typically horror films don't have a huge budget, so oh yeah, they don't need it. It, yeah. it looked good for for what was spent. Um, now. I think this movie fell into a lot of tropes. I didn't think it added much to the table. Um, the, the Dracula, you see him primarily as a creature. Um, I think it's even revealed in the trailer, and you don't see him as a man. And it's essentially... Uh, I'm a man! And I don't want to give anything away, but there is only one part of the movie where um, I feel like it it gives you a little feel for like, okay, this could go someplace in the future, I don't know if it ever will, uh, but I think it gets points for style, but I think it didn't do anything special to be like, rush out and see this movie, pay full price. If you have um, a movie pass like yourself, Charlie, like I yep. used, to, I got a free movie out of this because uh, the, the reward yeah. thing I'm on with the movie yep, theater yep, yep. where I go see two movies a month for free because that works for me, um, I ended up getting a, a movie for free, so I didn't didn't take away so it was perfect for me i'm gonna see blue beetle next weekend so i've got plenty of movies to get through Good. I've got movies yep. in the bank 
Blue Beetle is uh, that that can be uh, your uh, Fantastic Four 2015 because I will not go see that one. Just I saw oh, another trailer and I'm like, I just think it looks terrible. Uh, I think I think it looks okay. It doesn't look like oh, what did they do that's horrible? I mean, it's the cast looks good, and maybe. I like I like Miguel. I mean, from from you know. It's it, it's my uh, it's we'll see know, how Susan, the reviews go. I don't think Susan, it's going to get horrible reviews. It's not going to be like Morbius. Not, I don't think. <laughs> Susan Sarandon is the arch. I think we a lot of people have a yeah. lot of just out for blood for Blue Beetle just because it's tied to DC and all. I think it's like yeah. it is. It's not going to get a fair shake so whatsoever. People are just going to avoid it because oh DC. So I, I just feel really bad for that movie because it's killed by association. So yeah, you bad. Um, so uh, yeah, so if you get a, if you get a chance, I think if you like horror films, this will do nothing new. Um, it's not overly gruesome or grotesque. That's um, good. But it's like I said, it's nothing special. So a little little sad that they didn't do much with the premise. Um, oh yes. boy. Uh, so right. moving on to something I watched. You watched it, Charlie, and that of is course. Star Trek. Uh, I guess it would be the penultimate episode of season Subspace two. Subspace Rhapsody. Yes. 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 This is episode nine. It's a musical episode. Yes. Um, while I love musicals and I love musical episodes, uh, this was a mixed bag for me. Um, I, I thought I, the songs I, largely were not good, <laughs> and that was I the biggest yeah. problem. You know what? I, I this is this is kind of a rare alignment of the moon, but. Um, I because the soundtrack is out there now, and I saw the we you know I saw the episode a week early because I have the screener and the same thing with the finale. Have you seen the finale yet? Not yet. Okay, so we'll, we'll obviously not going to touch on that, um, and we won't be talking about this or the finale um, on Code Forty Seven for a bit. We've kind of spaced things out because we're you know we're going to dry up on content. So um, I agree with you. I've been listening to the songs um, because they're out on on all music services. So I've got, I have Amazon Prime Unlimited and I've listened to the songs a bit and you're right. I really don't care for them, but the thing and it's funny because April and I were talking about this at lunch today. They still made a good musical episode because they were able to parcel it, parse it into a Star Trek premise. We're at a, we're at a thing. There's an anomaly. It's causing a blah, blah, blah. And it's not unlike classic TOS episode, you know, the naked time where there's a virus that makes everybody act like they're drunk. And they did the exact same thing in an early episode of TNG. It's a very Star Trek premise that worked out, but I'm, I'm 100% with you. The songs, cause I've been listening to them. I'm like, yeah, I just, the, the, the lyrics is like something about, Oh, camera, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the camera obscura or just this weird, <laughs> like, you know, I know what it is because I'm fairly well-read individual, but it's you know, Cabra's it's just not very poppy, not very, yeah. It just it just didn't. You're right, it didn't click for me, and you know that might lend me in some hot water when you know I'm talking about this on my Star Trek show with people like Jen and Kay and Missy who are Gaga for it, but love the premise, did not care for the songs. Yeah, execution was. A, I mean, and I'll, I'll give the all the actors they did a hell of a job. Um, they did not. Uh, sleep on this. They they did their best, but yeah. Ahura had the worst songs overall. I mean, and sh- and she is a award winning Broadway musician. Yeah, I mean, and Chris, Christina Chong just released a four song EP. I was listening to it before we started recording today. I met her in Las Vegas. What a lovely young lady. Um, so she, you know, there were some real singing happening in this, but there were also some real songs that were just like, it was just kind of meh. Yeah, yeah and, I, I'm with you. And considering we've had so many musical episodes of TV shows, 
this one just felt like it was it was just duplicating. They weren't adding anything new to the table. Yes, they brought it in. The anomaly that makes you sing. I mean, that was I Buffy. Mean, What's more thrilling? They did. There's a demon that makes you sing. That was twenty you know, was, almost twenty five years is ago. Is that what that was? Exactly. I don't think yeah. It's funny, you know, of the because again, I just covered, and you'll be hearing it later this month on our Patreon. Uh, the first season of Buffy I covered with our frequent collaborator Kelly Gettner, who lives out in Wisconsin. Um, but I, and then years ago, you and me and John did like give me five episodes of your favorite show, and we all watched them and talked about them. I don't feel like we did the musical because I don't think I've seen it. I don't know if we did or not. The issue with that is I, this is where I think it gets tough when you do something like this because yeah, the yeah. musical is all about saying and seeing things that are uh, truths in a different format. I think this was too early for Strange New Worlds to do it because yeah. these characters don't have enough depth yet. Like Uhura, she is my, – my parents died. That's my story. My parents died. My family died. I'm sad. Right. They she doesn't she doesn't have yeah, she doesn't have like, you know, a burn romance or whatever. But though that was obviously that was the focus in um and, and obviously with, with Chaplin's box story. But anyway, all right. Well, if you are looking to hear more about this and to hear me probably get torn to shreds by my co-host, uh tune in in uh later in this month and you'll be able to listen to us talk about this. Stand firm, Charlie. Don't let them sway you and say, Oh, by the way, I do uh, think that was good. No, I, mind. well, as I said, it was 50, 50 for me because I, I liked the fact that they made it a Star Trek premise, but I just didn't care for the songs. And that's, that is, that is what I'm saying. That is ultimately what kills a musical. If the songs suck, yeah. it could be the greatest well, music in the world. You're like, it's <laughs> funny you should say that. Cause when we were driving through Oklahoma, I, I was in Oklahoma yeah. the musical, my freshman year of high school. So I brought up the soundtrack. We played it for a little while. We're like, let's turn this shit off. It's terrible. Well, it's from the fifties, <laughs> man. I mean, yeah, I know. It's a different but, time. This is I, yeah, a modern yes. musical, man. When I think yes. of like, when I think of what mo- modern musicals are out there. I mean, the, la- the the greatest showman, that is a phenomenal musical. And it's oh, brand new. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of great songs, but again, set in the past and really romanticizing P.T. Barnum, who is apparently a monster. So we don't need to talk about that. Um, All right, moving on. Uh, April and I wrapped up a show uh, over on Max or HBO Max, if you prefer, uh, that we've been watching for a little while, but we got through the end of it. It's a three seasons, 10 episodes called The Other Two. And I feel like I've touched upon this before, but it starts out with it's a family from Ohio. There's three kids. Two of them are in their. We've already covered this before. Yeah. Yeah, Two of them are in their early thirties. Yeah. Over now or no. You know what? That's what we were trying to figure out. I think it is over. um, But to the point that everything is over right now, if something hasn't been produced, it's over. (laughs) No, it's been renewed. That's the biggest question. That's what I don't, that's what I don't know. But it's cool because this was, uh, you know, it's the, the SNL family. Um, and this, this actually ended with a twist that was kind of interesting because you had the sister character who was, uh, she was an agent and she quit the business to, I want to do something good with my life. And then in the, in the end of it, sorry for the spoilers in the end of it, there's a family scandal and the only way to get out of a scandal in the PR world is to find a scapegoat. And she makes herself the scapegoat and, and gets herself canceled. But in the end of it, by doing that, she picks up, she, the last scene of the show is, her phone is ringing nonstop with people in Hollywood who want her to come on board to be their scapegoat. She said, I can do good by doing bad. <laughs> so I love the message in there, but no, it's a funny, it's a funny show. It's very reverent. It's very racy. And again, you know, it's uh 
you know, 10 episode watches are easy because you can, you can knock one out in a weekend or knock one out in a couple of weeks. If you just happen to be bumming it, winter time is great for that, particularly in the yeah, Midwest. If you don't, if you don't want to go outside. Too. I, I love yeah. a comedy. I'm getting through New Girl. After that, I'll go to find new comedy. I watched the first episode of this. I did enjoy it. Um, Charlie, yeah. I looked on Wikipedia. The third season is the final season. That's what April said, but I was just like, eh, you know what? And they did they did wrap it up in a little bow. So you know what? Kudos for a show that actually ends, right? Because how much stuff just continues to drag. Okay, so I also went to the theater, and my um, – my theater selection will tie directly into our Thunderdome topic. I saw the Meg 2. And before seeing the Meg 2, April and I had a lot of time in the car, so I was playing for her podcast I usually enjoy. Everybody knows one of my favorite podcasts is The Weekly Planet out of Australia, Nick and Meso. And they reviewed it, probably had a lot of similar things to say about it that I would, but one of their readers i would love it if we got more reader mail by the way uh secret friends united gmail.com feel free to send us notes i would love to read emails on the show bring back the hotline too <laughs> i would no, well i think the hotline was a huge waste of time plus it's more editing for you i would love i would love to have letters to the editor the old mailbag um but this was a good one somebody dubbed this the movie is meg to the trench they dubbed it meg poo the stench because that really nails it this is a sequel that crams in every sequel trope that you can that you can nail down with a with with a blowgun. Uh, it's got uh, you have your literally a it, it's not a mustache twirling corporate bad guy villain because it's a woman who doesn't have a mustache, but uh, just very much like well you know I know you guys want to save the earth but I just want to make millions of dollars out of exploiting the oceans. Literally, that's a line of dialogue. I cannot make this up. You have a blonde girl who's wearing glasses and you think she's on the team. Then she takes off her glasses and she's one of the villains. So she does a reverse Superman. It's amazing. Um, you have, you have a swarthy, uh, uh, muddled accent, um, Latino character. Who's a villain. That's very stereotypical. And the bad villains are in this movie. <laughs> um, well, there's those three. You have essentially, um, velociraptors that are also undersea creatures that are from prehistoric times. See, the deal with the with the the trench is that there's this thermobaric cloud at the bottom of the ocean that once you pass through it, there's a uh, there's Isn't a prehistoric Aquaman? world. Is that where the creatures came from? Aquaman with a trench? Are they in yeah, the same sure. universe? You know what? At this point, um, sure. with, uh, with with DC again, kills out. Why not? But you know, they 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 end up going. Down, you know, it's been five years, and Jason Statham's character uh, married and and adopted the daughter uh, of the the woman in the first film, but then she passed away. Uh, but her brother is running the institute that they all work for, and they they're doing expeditions into the trench. But when they go down there, they figure out. You know, it's a oh, it's big. There's there's another station down there, and it's bad guys doing bad shit they punch a hole that eventually heals up in the thermal bear cloud but all these little velociraptor fish thing escape and the the third act of this film is a carbon copy of the third act of the first film they go to a busy uh island in the south pacific filled with tourists for the and there's three megs now three megs yeah the uh, aruba jamaica that's right that's Ooh, I want to take you. No, they go to a place literally called Fun Island. It's a resort called Fun Island. Can't Fun make Island. It, yep, can't make that up. Um, so anyway, this movie was about two hours. There was no stinger. Um, 
And April and I did what we do in our Patreon segment, Bag Trip to the Movies with the Carden, which, by the way, we're recording and pushing out a new episode next week. We're watching Catwoman from 2004. I've never seen God, it. God, I've never seen that one either. I'm very, I'm very, very excited. So, Todd, you will, you will enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Meg Poo the Stench. If you want to watch, it was great because we watched it. There's nobody else in our row, so we were very easily to. We could heckle it between ourselves, and we we have fun doing that. That's us. But if you're if you're really you know selective about movies you go see, this one's not for you. It's just it's a dumb dumb sequel. And again, it's a great lead in. As we leave the Geek Easy, and as I get out my Air Qantas app, and I get ready to get that flight to the land down under, where Hologram Tina and the Mutants are waiting for us, we're going to talk about the worst sequels ever made. Let's do it. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. The Mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this to week, we're doing a topic based on... All those movies you were so excited for because you're like, the first one was great. I bet the next one's going to be even better. We're talking about crappy sequels, a.k.a. making a deuce. Oh, my yes. goodness. Yeah, and, and, and Todd, uh, to our viewers, if you are watching us on YouTube, Todd has a great background, including several sequels. Uh, Fletch 2, Crocodile Dundee 2, Porky's, Smoking the Bandit, which I that's a great one. I watched it just recently, how bad it was. They really made another Pee-wee movie? I guess I forgot. Big Top Pee-wee. Jaws, the third one on Cat- Netflix. Caddyshack 2. I watched Airplane 2 recently, and uh, it's awesome. Shatner's in it. They made it at the same time as Wrath of Khan, so he looks like he looks like TJ Hooker. It's great. But anyway. I think you're the only person that's ever said that, Charlie, so you should put that in like their bylines so they get credit. Yes, you think if they print a new copy of the DVD? I don't know. You know, where, where's the bar set for Airplane? I mean, well, it's, Airplane, it's a, Airplane is considered one of the greatest com- well, comedies right. of all time. But, but Airplane a, 2? Mm. Well, you're right. We, now, and more to your point, the overall uh, picture of this is when you have something that's really great and standout. Fletch is a great example. One of my favorite comedic films, it's, it's the pinnacle of Chevy Chase's career. How do you... Is is it really possible to go above? See, I, I thought Fletch was fine. It didn't do anything for me. I thought I looked yeah. at other things. I don't know. It's I I did hear good things about the newest Fletch movie with John Hamm, though. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But any, yeah. but anyway, let's keep our focus so, on bad sequels. And we did actually yep. get some uh, feedback from Discord. So let's do this first. First one, I'll read it, and you can read the very long second one. Uh, the first one is uh, from our pal. Uh, John Sear, our original founding secret friend, very uh, best buddy to Todd and myself. He goes by Guy Bartendo, long story there. And unsurprisingly, he mentions Wonder Woman 84. John says it's not the worst sequel of all time, but certainly one of the most disappointing. Son of the Mask is probably the worst. I would have to agree without having seen it, but having seen trailers, isn't Jamie Foxx? Not Jamie Foxx. Jamie, oh, Jamie Kennedy. Yep. Jamie Kennedy. There you the go. Ba- and the mask goes on a baby. Oh, that's the mask goes on a baby. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. Jim Kennedy yeah. becomes Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Yikes. Uh, and then uh, famous Seamus from our Discord group as well. Uh, I'm going to say Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. I enjoyed the 2007 Transformers movies. It was so excited for the sequel. I watched the trailers and ads for the movie so many times. I up the movie. But when I was watching the movie, it was the first time I ever went, wow, this movie sucks in a movie theater. That was when I knew I was growing up. Giant robots and explosions weren't enough anymore. I need plot, well-written characters, something that would make me think uh, there are so many things wrong. Uh, a lot of times you couldn't tell what was happening due to Michael Bay's 
direction. Yes, exactly. Obsession with right. explosions, boobs, boobs, immature humor. Optimus Prime's death was both pointless and stupid. The whole plot line where Sam cheats with a woman who turns out to be a Decepticon. Absolutely. That's, oh, that, that's that's the one that I was just talking about. I was telling, I, I, was I was it in the pre-roll I was telling you or when we were in between here that I was watching it in a hotel room recently uh, when we were on our trip, and it was it was that they escaped in like a Saturn Ion hatchback, were being chased by a woman that looked like uh, a Terminator, yeah. and yeah. Sam and and you're saying that Shia had sex with her. He, they were trying to seduce him. Yes. Yeah. So apparently, at some point, the Transformers were able to be. To, to be like humans i don't it like it did not make any sense um <laughs> Van then says uh uh sam's parents being the absolutely most annoying people in the film absolutely uh betrayal of mud flap and skits this is where it's really bad they are full-on racist oh, stereotypes yeah tom kenny said in 2020 interview he was originally a placeholder but bay decided to keep him which he was embarrassed by and so many other things uh transfer right right into the final you taught me what a crappy movie really was. I absolutely agree. This is where I actually decided to see the third film. Worst decision of my life. It didn't I, get, it got even worse. I, I just never made it past the first. And I think famous Seamus catches on it. Even in the first film, the, the racist stereotypes with the transformers is like, what you got to make one, you know, a, a basically kind of a smooth talking, blah, 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 saying a lot of just, <sighs> yeah, I just yeah. the first movie. <laughs> it was it was what it was. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was fine, uh, but after that, yeah, the the, the, yeah. the the last two films have been better, but still, it's a it's a franchise right. that I think needs a lot of help. So, Charlie, the rule of a sequel is not necessarily mm-hmm. the second film. It's just anything that expands the story. Right. Uh, so right. it can even right. be a prequel. It can be a sequel in a lot of ways because it's more of that franchise. So, right. It, Traverses time and space, the sequel. Um, so with that, uh, we have a list from insider.com, um, and there's 27 here. And um, I, I think it's one of those scenarios where we can go through these really quick, and if you have a question, let me know, or if I have a question, I'll ask. Um, gotcha. So we'll go from the bottom. Oh, you want to go from the we'll bottom? Go from the bottom, yeah. We'll go from the bottom, go up. i got to find the bottom. So I'll do the first one. Zoolander 2, a movie I never saw. I thought the first okay. one was fine. Don't know if it was necessary. Um, I don't know anything about. I don't remember anything about it. I've one hundred percent seen it. I also remember nothing about. I'm even looking at this picture. Um, uh, uh, I can't even picture the name of the woman. Um, who's the woman in the picture? Oh, Penelope Cruz. Uh, it says. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number two, I have seen this one, and, and Shia LaBeouf is back. Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. You get Michael Douglas uh, reprising his role as Gordon Gecko, and the younger version of him is not his son, but it's a it's another Wall Street guy who's dating dating his daughter. And I, I, I'm not even that familiar with the first one. I think Charlie Sheen made a cameo, kind of useless. Yeah, but Todd, this Sheen, next one, yeah. it was, it was Michael Douglas one, and Charlie Sheen about. and Oliver Stone. What's the first one? Was yeah. Right. Excellent. All right, but this uh, next tra- one is right in line with what you're talking about. Yeah, Transformers last night. This is when the Mark Wahlberg era. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Tucci was in this, playing a drunk Merlin. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Let's just go on. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Um, I feel like we talked about this one recently because April and I were on a, a Terminator kick, but we didn't watch this one. This is Terminator Genesis with Amelia Clark and... Uh, Jai Courtney, I feel like he's somebody who, just like with Sam Worthington, the earth opened up and swallowed him. He doesn't exist anymore. You got but, land white guys. That anybody, plays, yeah. I mean, he was also in, what, the last Die Hard film? Just like, get a guy well, yeah. that looks like a guy. Yeah. 
and and he's Australian, but he could be perfectly American. So yeah, very. Uh, it, it was about cell phones or social media destroying being the latest vehicle by which the Skynet does this thing. Who cares? This next one is unfair. I enjoyed this movie, but go ahead. Yes, Teen Wolf 2, T-O-O, uh, essentially Two. we had Jason Bateman, I think he was playing the cousin of yes. Scott Stiles, or no, Scott, yep. uh, Stiles Michael, was his buddy's name, Scott yeah, something Scott, or other. Yeah, Michael J. Fox, that's all you so need. So essentially the same premise, but he was a wrestler this time instead of a basketball player. No, basketball. Player in college. Yeah, wrestler, yeah, was, in college, yeah. wrestler in college, yeah. yeah. So essentially the same plot, it was, Yeah. it, it really did nothing else, and it was just... Once again, gimmick, you made money. Let's just repeat right. it and hope it does well. Speaking of our next film, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, 1987. This was a, a terrible death rattle to the man who, first of all, one of the gorgeous men, most gorgeous men I've ever seen, Christopher Reeve, but his last turn as Superman and, and kind of the end of, of the superstar phase of his career. Uh, you did have the return of Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, but he had a stupid nephew who is John Cryer, who is now Lex Luthor. Kind of weird. And the first actual supervillain that he faces, I guess, outside of the other Kryptonians, but a, a kind of a manufacturer, the nuclear man. And they fight in space and they pick up the Statue of Liberty somehow without breaking it. I mean, they it's fight just on the moon. Uh, yeah, they fight on the moon. You got, He's got long think, nails. Yeah. Muriel, he, Muriel Hemingway is in this. Um, you get the return of Lois Lane. So it's kind of like the last thing you see Margot Kidder in. Um, yeah, there's no surprise that this was the end of Superman for 20 years. We didn't get another Superman film. Yeah, yeah, really tough. I mean, and then you talk about uh, movies that kind of died on the vine. That would yeah. be the original Spider-Man trilogy, Spider-Man yep. 3, a movie, Ooh. quite honestly, that sounds like Sam Raimi was forced upon Venom, like he had to do the character, didn't care about Venom, because Raimi loved the Stan Lee era, and Venom is not an old character. He's a new character, so it's just you know, two it, characters... It, it's so funny with the Venom character uh, and the Sandman character in this film because with the Venom character, they nailed his origin, um, but they didn't nail an actor because, uh, I mean, uh, Eddie Brock is drawn by McFarlane, was was a big beefy dude. Um, but with the Sandman, they totally screwed, you know, they, they totally decided to throw some extra shit in there. And then who is the third villain? Uh, it was uh, Harry, Harry the Goblin. Yeah, new Harry the Goblin, exactly. Yeah. Totally stupid. Now, this next one, I saw this recently for the first time ever. Now, Speed was a big movie right when I graduated from high school in 1994. The second one came out later in the 90s, and I always thought that Jason Patrick was just Keanu Reeves' character recast, and he wasn't, which I didn't know. Yeah, he's a different character, but it's Speed on a Boat. And I just remember the trailer and Sandra Bullock's like, well, I've been in a situation like before this before and panicking just will not help. I'm like, oh, that's so clever. And the villain is one of the craziest dudes out there. Wasn't it uh, the Green Goblin? Wasn't it? What's his Willem body? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, exactly. Who always plays creepy as shit. But yeah, totally pointless, nothing new. And then we segue into a film that we were just talking about. Todd, that's all you. Yeah, Son of the Mask. Uh, the Mask was like Jim, one of Jim Carrey's breakout performances. Yeah, really loved it based on a Dark Horse comic series. Essentially, I have not seen this film. It looks hor terrible and horrible. A baby the, got the mask. Yes. The, the picture here is, I don't know if this was, it might have been too young for your son, but with, with my older son, the Crazy Town, which was on Nickelodeon, one of, this was the face of you one mean of the Lazy characters. Town? 
Lazy Town. Thank you very much. You had to watch it. Oh, Weird faces. Very odd yeah, people. That was that was it. So, all right. Well, Todd, this next one is yours, and because I didn't like the first film. I'm not going to like these, so go ahead. Yeah, Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. Uh, I was so excited for these films. They were filmed, sure. I believe, back-to-back. They actually came yep. out six months apart. The first, one ended, the, the first part ended on a cliffhanger. The movie just went places. You didn't need to go. It didn't do things. It was a, an example of a series that should have ended with being one movie. And yeah. Perfectly fine. Well, the whole The whole premise was... Uh, very convoluted, like this is a cycle that's been going on for thousands of years, and every year, every blah 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 years, it resets and do 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 this thing and that thing. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't even like the first movie. Stop it! <laughs> I'm one of the rare people who just doesn't dig the Matrix. So yeah, that's this fine. made even less sense to me. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, the next one was, and this is this was great. Uh, Jurassic Park was a huge movie. Times year you graduated from high school. Uh, it was I was uh, I, it was the summer between my junior and senior year. Beautiful movie. I saw it in in uh, theater one in here in studio studio twenty eight here in Grand Rapids, which was at one time one of the, the biggest movie theater in the nation. So it was a big deal to see this movie. Well, inevitably you have to come out with the sequel, which instead of the sequel focusing on a trilogy of characters, Sam Neill and Laura Dern and uh, the beautiful Jeff Goldblum, they made it just Jeff Goldblum, which I'm like, yeah, Jeff Goldblum could carry a movie, but then they threw in there he has. Uh, a black daughter for some reason who's a precocious preteen who does gymnastics. He's got a spunky girlfriend and it's Juliet Lewis, not Juliet Lewis, Julianne Moore. Thank you. And uh, Vince Vaughn before he hit it big and a bunch of other people that get eaten by dinosaurs. Um, the dinosaurs make it to the mainland. So they're terrorizing San Diego. It was just, it was like, uh, we're trying to make it different and different is not always great. I mean, the, the same is always terrible. Different is not always great. There, you can quote me on that one. Um, they just didn't they didn't hit the mark with any of the bits. It was a bad setup. The, the, the fact that anybody keeps, let's go back to the island, and I'm sure it's not going to be a problem. The setup to any Jurassic Park movie after the first one makes no sense. Be like, we're done. We're not going back for any reason. So anyway. Now, was that based on a book? Because I know, obviously, yes. Jurassic Park was. So yes. was the book bad, or did they adapt it badly, or did they say, we're just going to use the title and do our own thing? I don't kind know. Of like, kind of like Fair. Secret Invasion. It was, it was, that was Michael Crichton's Secret Invasion. They just said, we're just going to take the name. I don't know. All right, what do we got next? Yeah, Little Fockers. This is the sequel to Meet the Parents. Um, uh, I mean, I thought it was okay, but I mean, it's not like the, the first one was. It was a, it was a, it was a cringy comedy and this was just filled with a lot more cringy moments right so i i don't know that i necessarily agree. going back to the well often rarely yeah. leaves a full bucket is the best way to put this <laughs> <laughs> oh there you go going back to the well that's that is a that's a kind of a coin of wisdom there i like it uh all right now i you know i have mixed feelings about this next one but we've talked this one to death but go for it yeah indiana jones crystal the skull uh, needless to say i think this is going to be a movie where people go back to it and say oh it's much better than you remember I don't want to rewatch this movie and hope it's better. I will move on. That is completely fair. That being said, as we move into the next one, I talk about this one pretty frequently. This was the first long-distance sequel that that just didn't need to be made. Independence Day 2 or Independence Day Resurgence uh, picks up exactly 20 years after the first film, and the aliens come back. I love this. Will Smith had no problem skipping the sequel 
to one of his biggest blockbuster hits and boy did he choose correctly yeah and again it's jeff goldblum trying to carry a sequel but he's older and his back probably hurt a lot from trying to carry the Jurassic park movie 10 years 20 years prior um this was just absolutely drove they, they recast most of the roles they tried to shoehorn they shoot in shoehorned in a cameo by robert loge's character and then they tried to stick i want to say bill paxton but it's the other bill who's the other bill who was bill president Pullman. bill pullman they tried to shoehorn in Another great speech out of him. Todd, you, you haven't seen this one, have you? You skipped it, didn't you? Oh, hell no. No, you didn't see you, Hell no, you saw it, or hell no, you didn't? Hell no, I'm not seeing that piece of trash. No, I, I didn't like know this movie. Oh, that's right. You are a hater. But yeah, that was that one is very probably very close to the top of my list, though we haven't got there yet. But uh, again, going back to the well without the full bucket, that's the next film, so go for it. Yeah, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Uh, I enjoyed the first one, but essentially you've got Adam Scott in number two replacing John Cusack. Um, it essentially, once again, the bucket is dry. There's that well is not got any water. And they're, for and they're, they're in a hot tub, so you'd be drinking the water anyway. It's all, no. it's all chlorinated. Probably a dead body. Oh, my God. Well. Oh, my God. Well, you know, and, and, and we're carrying a string of them because we got another sequel uh, comedy. Uh, in the Hangover Part Two, that as I recall, it's ju- it's just more bits, you yeah. know. It's just and, and one of one of them that I don't think made this list is Anchorman Two, and that's very close to my top of the list because it's nothing but bits. Let's take the best five bits from the first movie and do them again, but you know, just it, it's it's mad- comedy it, though. Comedies are it's, all bits, yeah. It yeah, it's really but it's it the second time. But it's Mad Lib, so you try to put. A and B and C into Q and F and A. Yeah, you just you just can't make it work. And and they went on to make a third one. Holy crap! Which I have never so, seen. I saw the second no, one, me. didn't see the third. Uh, yeah. Then we get Grease two. Uh, Ooh. Uh, we like music. I like musicals. Uh, yeah. Grease two. Um, they replaced everybody except for the high school staff. Some of the pink ladies and Thunderbirds showed back up. Uh, right. And then you got a virtual unknown uh, replacing John Travolta. Max, and then you had, Max Cofield, who went on to be yeah. Rex Manning in Empire Records, one of the perennial film of, uh, for us Gen Xers. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, this might have been one of her first films yeah. before yeah, she I did Scarface. So, so yeah, uh, yeah it, you know, it's once again you got to have good songs for a musical, and I don't think anybody – the only song I remember from it is the one where the guy's trying to convince the girl that he should have sex because the bomb might go off. That's the only song I remember, Do It For America, with Adrian Smed singing that to a girl in a bomb shelter. Hey, you know, John and I were having a conversation about Adrian Smed out in Vegas because <laughs> we, were ta- right? we were talking about Bra- we were talking about uh, Branson, Missouri, oh, which geez. is which is Netflix uh, or Netflix, uh, Las Vegas. If it was if it yeah, sure. uh, was built if no if it was built by Ned Flanders because oh, there's yeah. a Simpsons episode that spoofs Branson and it has stars like Adrian Smed. It's Vegas right. uh, via Nashville essentially because you get all yeah, there you go. stars that um, yeah. yeah. Then we got um, Godfather Part Three. This stealing my thunder here oh, sorry go uh, ahead. but i'll jump in it was terrible no it was it was funny because april and i watched the godfather recently she had never seen it and obviously it's a masterpiece the second film is considered to be one of the more the more flawless sequels ever made even potentially greater than the first one though i've not watched that one in a long time uh then 20 years passed and we got this 
And it was, this was probably the first example of a, of a long distance sequel that nobody needed. So this was the precursor to the Independence Day film. Um, yeah, it's just nothing worked. Uh, there was uh, an absolutely horrible performance by Sofia Coppola as a teenager. She's turned into an incredible director, um, but it was total nepotism. It was also a hinted upon romance between her and her older cousin played by Andy Garcia, very distasteful. Uh, and in the end of it, she gets killed. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry. Sorry yeah. for the spoiler. Um, I, uh, you know, tackling this next one. I don't know that I agree, but go for it. I, I, I agree with you, Charlie uh, glass. Uh, this was essentially the third uh, movie in the unbreakable trilogy, which quite honestly, I never thought there was going to be more than the first movie. We got split, no. which was a surprise, like, Oh, it's actually yeah. a sequel. And well, then we yeah. got glass, which essentially everything was laid out to dry. There was no mystery about this movie. It was right. what it was a little ended kind of on a mystery, but yeah, I, I think it was disappointing, but I would not say horrible. Right. Um, it's funny. This next one actually made my standalone list. A uh, good day to die hard. This takes everything that made sense about the, this is the fifth die hard film. This took everything that made sense about die hard and moved it over to Russia. And it's got Jai Courtney playing the <laughs> yes. adult version of, of, uh, of John McClane's son, who's in the CIA. And there is just, so what, what are you doing? It's gold, yeah, Jerry. It's gold. <laughs> I love this line. Bruce Willis isn't going through the motions as John McClane. He's sleepwalking. Nailed it. That is perfect. Sometimes actors just don't care and they just count the money. So there we go. Yes, exactly. Um, the next one, Dumb and Dumber. When Harry Met Lloyd, a prequel to Dumb and Dumber, you didn't get the original actors. They did a prequel with them. Right. Um, oh and the Farrelly's didn't direct this either. So nobody had anything to do with this film. They finally made no a sequel, which I never saw either, but I heard that was not very good either. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I saw that too. And you're right. Yeah, where they find out they have fathered children or something. Sure. I don't know. Who cares? All right, moving on. Uh, and I haven't seen this one in many, many years. Caddyshack 2. Uh, we got some of the actors back. We did get Jackie Mason taking over the Rodney Dangerfield role. You got uh, Chevy Chase, who very famously was like, this is a paycheck for me. Oh, and it says right here, a lot of tired jokes from Mason and Chase looking like they're there to get a check. That's all you need to know. That's all you need. Yeah, it's just, let, you know, let's, let's go back to the well with your bucket. <clears throat> Oh my goodness. Once again, I don't know if there's many good, and that'd be a better question. Are there any good comedic sequels? I don't know I'm if there still are. Gonna, I'm still going to go to bed for Airplane 2. <laughs> okay, you got, that's yours, Charlie. That's your baby. Airplane 2. It's because of Shatner. Yes. yes. Uh, All right. What do we got? Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. I never saw the first Bridget Jones. I know it's like highly regarded. Uh, you know, we've got Renee Zellweger with a, 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 I guess it's acceptable British accent where she was trying to get <laughs> Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant. And right. It's a book series. Um, it says Bridget Jones ends up in a Thai prison after authorities found cocaine in a gift she was asked to pack in her suitcase. That's a, twi- that, that's a plot twist. <laughs> that's that's why she's making that face in that picture. Oh, we were talking about this one uh, in the pre-roll. Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Uh, you took a film, you took the, 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 the quote-unquote, it was, it was phony in the end of it, found footage film, which was, it launched a, uh, a, a genre or it launched a craze and then they came back in uh maybe five years later and tried to make a traditional horror film out of it uh starring the dude from bird notice 
who's oh uh whose name i don't remember and it's just uh it, it's just very run-of-the-mill boring you know you, you took you took absolutely nothing that was good about the first film and that's funny because that describes the next one um and and you made another movie out of it so it tanked but the next one is one of, is one of my absolute least favorite. Todd, go ahead. Yes, Blues Brothers 2000. Uh, talk about a sequel. No one wanted, of course. Obviously, John Landis, uh, you know, created one of the best. One of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite musicals. Absolutely love it. Uh, but you know, Landis and Aykroyd went and came back. Even, I mean, two two of the essential people came back because they wanted to make this, and they brought John Goodman back with them. Uh, they had a third Blues Brother, uh, Joe Morton, it's a kid. Kid, yeah. I mean, Aretha Franklin I, I was back. She owned, car, she owned the car dealership. Yeah. Once I saw the trailer, I'm like, nope, moving nope. on. So I yeah, don't know. I, this was a one and done for me. I think I probably saw it after the fact, just out of out of curiosity and 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 somewhat affection for the first film. Oh, Todd, this was uh, this was the th- this killed Batman for almost a decade. Batman and Robin in 1997. Yeah, literally says put the nail in the coffin of this franchise. Weird costumes, super, you know, Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze, um, you know, trying to ape bits and pieces of what made Batman 66 fun, but the joke was over. Um, and it was, you know, we started, this was the fourth film of something that started with Batman 89, which was a revolution in superhero movies, and it ended with this. So, diminishing returns. Todd, the bucket was not only empty, somebody hit the director in the face with the bucket. That's how this movie got made. The best thing about this movie was those mugs that McDonald's would give you, what you could buy for like a buck fifty. Those are the only things that are worth this movie. Oh my yes. goodness, Charlie, and that's they, how they, the cookie crumbles, or that's how the ice cube crumbles. Ice cubes don't ice cubes don't crumble. Oh man, I I don't know if they ranked this, but th- this is a good one. Go for oh it. Take God. us home. Basic Instinct Two. This was once again a long delayed sequel. Fourteen years after the steamy original, uh, Sharon Stone returns uh, to play crime novels and serial killer Catherine Trammell. Uh, so apparently Michael Douglas said no thanks, and they brought back on uh, the governor. Yes, yeah, they have the dude who goes on to play the governor in The Walking Dead. Um, and I, I've seen it, and I remembered nothing about it. It's a big, it's a big fake out, like the first film is. You know, a lot of a lot of twists and turns, but it's it's not at all sexy or anything that you would ex- that, that you would expect to be from the the other film. So, oh, I th- oh, that that was the last one. Okay, that, so now we now we list. now we move on to the to the finishing strokes where you and I pick our five and again i wouldn't say they were explicitly rated but since we've talked about everything on my list have we talked about everything on your list well almost let's 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 do this charlie we'll go give our top five go from five to the top we'll go back and forth so i know you gave your like 16 more yeah (laughs) notices i'll 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 trim them down as we go here see if we can get something more we'll start with number five godfather part three already talked about it bad idea cash grab nepotism recipe for disaster you know you can go back and enjoy the first two but this just leaves a bad taste in your mouth absolutely correct okay so i'm gonna go with i'm almost there there we go i'm gonna go with superman four as my number five um you know, I again, I love Superman three. I watched it just recently because I was having a conversation with a friend who tipped me off about this one, and I love Richard Pryor, so that works. And um, but the, you know, this didn't work at all, and it and it killed the franchise. So, say lovey. 
Oh my goodness. Um, for me, uh, the next one is just funny because it's exactly the opposite of what the movie intended. Highlander, which I really enjoyed the first movie. Queen, two, like an immortal who there could only be one. And there was a quickening, and it, Clancy Brown was in it. Such a fun, weird movie out of the blue. And Charlie, I guess there, there could only be two because they made – well, actually more than that. They made series and movies after this, and they all right. sucked. And Highlander 2, The Quickening, Sean Connery came back for that. He was killed in the first one. What the hell? Nobody knows. Why not? There Why you bother? Go. Oh, my time, God. Time vortex. Uh, I'll swing with Godfather 3 for my number four. Um, the first of the, the, the long-distance sequels we didn't need just didn't contribute. Uh, nepotism, bad acting, terrible premise. It sucked. Absolutely. Uh, then I'm going to Grease 2. We already talked about this once again. Uh, going back to the well, bad songs, uh, trying to re- re- you know create you know lightning in a bottle did not work. No, Amundo. Okay, I'm down to my number three. Batman and Robin just talked about it. Um, it. We started with Batman 1989 with Michael Keaton, and we ended up with Clooney and having it be uh, a, an attempt to capture the lightning in the bottle of the Batman 66 uh, TV series. By the way, I'm recording in the next couple of weeks uh, a segment of uh, the Facts of Geek Life covering the first season of Batman 1966 with my partner Jonathan, Jonathan Snedeker. So if that's not a reason to try our Patreon out, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to have a lot of fun. At least George Clooney at least said, I'm sorry that I ruined Batman. He at least accepts responsibility. Joel Schumacher did too. He came back and said, I'm sorry I ruined the franchise. But at first he was like, it's the greatest thing. It doesn't have a weird accent. It's the greatest thing you've ever seen. There you go. That's a a German accent. I like it. There you go. All right, what do you got? Caddyshack 2. Oh, my goodness. Caddyshack's a classic. I mean, just so good. I'm going all the way. It gave us Oh, that's that's the that's, song? The, that's the song Kenny Loggins. Yeah, that's I love Kenny Loggins, so that's not a great. Well, I do too, and he's been in a million. He does a million, uh, you know, soundtracks. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I I totally forgot that song was from there. So yep. uh, nope. yeah, yeah, I, I mean, just replace essentially everyone they replaced was a letdown. Um, and Chevy Chase was not a main character in Caddyshack. He was part of the ensemble, right? And making him the lead when he was kind of a, a you know just a. His his personality was not strong enough to lead that, and then get to have, have Jackie Mason come on to replace just so many it, bad ideas. It's just not a lot of clicking, though. I totally agree with you. Okay, my number two is the Blues Brothers 2000. Um, again, the Blues Brothers from 1980 uh, is a paragon of our youth. We love it. It was perfect. It was it was a gr- it was one of the best SNL uh, skit adaptations I think they ever did. And really, certainly after the death of John Belushi, just should have been left alone. And this was, again, this was almost 20 years later and it just didn't make any sense. So, and it was terrible. So there you go. What are you going to do? Ah, money. Uh, I mean, well, you know, after that, I mean, I guess we got our crystal skull vodka. So I guess something good came out of it. (laughs) Is that what's going on? Okay. There you go. Why not? Exactly. Uh, and what is it? What are the, what are those, um, the blues, uh, what's his, what's his chain? The the house of blues. Blues. Are those still around? Could be Google. Uh, Google it later. We'll look at there. Okay. Uh, I know there's a hard rock, but anyway, yes, we will look. There we go. All right. All right. What do you got? What's your number 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 one? one, Blair Witch 2. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, talk about, I mean, they did something different, which I'll give them credit for, but what they did was horrible. It should have not been touched. There was so much around that film. Just like like the Blues Brothers. Just don't touch it. I mean, this, this film 
in a lot of ways, changed cinema in a modern lens, kind of like Tarantino yeah. did. Found footage. This kicked off found footage, paranormal activity, right. things. So, I mean, the fact that they went back, did a kind of like a, a conventional film. We did get the last Blair Witch, which I did not see, but I heard that was better. I don't know. Yeah, that one? we did. It was okay. It, it was it what because it was, it had the same premise set in the woods. They were going on a hike, whatever it is. Sure. I've, I, th- this has spawned an expression for me. Don't feed the bears. That, that uh, that's don't make a sequel. Don't feed the bears. There you go. Don't feed that, the bears. Uh, don't get bucket. Uh, don't get water from an empty well. Don't don't feed the bears a bucket. All right. My number one is this is not surprising. Independence Day to resurgence. Um, recast ridiculous trying to shoehorn in things trying to shoehorn in judd hirsch should shoehorn in robert loja and he was on death's door when they filmed he was like it was it was not good uh and then tried to shoe in poor bill pullman and another speech uh it was dreadful and even with jeff goldblum trying to carry the movie on his back and it had the uh, it started out uh a tradition um and again this came from the weekly planet of start your engines where they're like uh now we're gonna take the fight to their space to to space and we're gonna get them and it was uh, brent spiner's character who woke up out, literally woke up out of a coma from the first film because you thought he got killed do you remember and then he said uh and they they also made they also put him in a same-sex relationship which was very unusual came out of a coma was in the same-sex relationship and then he said we're gonna kick alien eh, and then the movie was over you could say the word ass there you go that is a video <laughs> pg-13 film uh but it was based on such strong source material i get this would almost be one that i would tackle on a bank trip to the movies with the cards we saw this with my mother back in 2016 and the camera the the, the lights turned on and my mother turned to april and i and said well that was entertainment <laughs> thank you mom appreciate it. love you <laughs> it was good <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, in, in, in the current lens, we would say that was content. Yes, yes, that was two hours. Um, yeah. So you got our sequels. Thank you for everyone who participated in this. And if you had, if there's anyone listening who wants to let us know, you can email us as Charlie said, secretfringenight at gmail dot com. You can post in our Discord, tweet at us, X at us, whatever it's called, Zeet. I think they say Zeet us. Oh Sounds really? Is weird. that it? Yes, it's very weird. Uh, oh yeah, my God. Let us know your sequels that you think are the worst because i'm sure we didn't cover them all oh we couldn't possibly but anyway friends that is the end of the show thank you for joining us todd where do people find you out there uh at t oxtra um for the twitter the x i'm also on threads doing more things there i did get an invite for blue sky i'm gonna give that one a try uh cory dirig actually sent me that invite i need to get on that and try it out and see which one you know i guess we have to be on everything and then eventually they all go away um, right and we'll see where it lands but yeah uh Oh, that's where I'm at. Fantasy football draft starts in a couple of weeks. I'll be talking a lot about football online and having a good time. You make it sound so inviting. That's awesome. Well, of course, you can find me on Twitter X at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. As always, my lovely wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the West Michigan chapter of Starfleet, the international Star Trek fan club. We are one of the biggest chapters in the world based right here in West Michigan. I do also run Region 13, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a trekker within the sound of my voice in those areas and want to meet other trekkers, please drop us a line at a website of that name or at our various socials and we will connect the dots. With that, friends, as always, one more time, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Like the ice cube crumbles. 
This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.